0: tally how my friends. Here we are on the hunt for deeper truths. Join us now. I'm going to take a, a wee bit of a ride. Best to hold on tight. We might take several jumps. So here's a quick preview. The
1: only thing that will bring reconciliation and end to racism and end to violence is forgiveness. Love and forgiveness. And if we can't have Christ's love, which teaches us how to forgive, then it'll be an endless cycle until the Lord returns. And... That's the message we need to be sharing, I believe, with with this country is that 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 is the only solution to our problems. A return to Jesus Christ, a repentance of our sins, to know Christ's forgiveness so that we can forgive others. And then from there, show the Lord's compassion. What a church, what a nation we would be. Uh, We've got uh, false prophets, false teachers, natural disasters, signs in the sky, fearful social events and economic events. Israel being the focus of things. All these things the Lord told us would happen and the disasters would happen in frequency, more frequently and more intensely the closer we got to his return. Now, I don't know about you, but we can't keep up now with the signs of the times, right? You're you're online all the time and I'm online all the time and we're trying to create uh, biblical teachings, but as soon as we get it written, another disaster happens and we're having to run over to the next subject.
2: Forms us into saints, and I'm so in love with you for what you've done for me. Here I am to worship.
1: Listening to spiritual encounters with Pastor Casper McLeod, and now here's your lion-hearted host, Pastor Casper.
0: Welcome to another spiritual encounter, and I am your lion-hearted host, Pastor Casper, and here with my most erudite, brilliant, and always insightful friend, Nathan Jones from Lion and Lamb Ministries. Quick reminder: don't forget to like and subscribe and. Comment anything you find of interest and you know second Timothy uh, tells us this know that the last days perilous times shall come Nathan we're in perilous times
1: uh, I mean it's been since the Spanish flu of what 1919 that we've had COVID type lockdown so it's been a hundred years since we've had lockdowns uh, riots in the streets vandalism protests race riots, uh, now China is flexing its muscles and threatening to attack India, Taiwan, and Hong Kong all at the same time. Uh, we've got, we're have shooting up rockets into the outer space named Dragon. I don't know if that has a significance or not, but uh, it's a weird time to live in, isn't it?
0: It certainly is, but we're here for such a time as this man. God yep. can have had us any time in all history he chose for us to be here for this moment and, and there's a divine purpose in it. And it just seems like, you know, it's kind of like that Hegelian dialect, you know, bring on a crisis like a virus and then observe the chaos. And then you come quickly with your pre-planned solution, which you already had, right? It's like control the people 24-7 propaganda, uh, mainstream news, you know, controlling the economy, the food, the medicine. I, I just shared with you, I got a text about uh, communities should now uh, have the chef deputizing young men that are willing uh, to protect their communities from what's unfolding here before us. And it's kind of like, almost, you know, we distracting everybody with television and and kind of like waiting 10 weeks, you know, till everybody's in like been in isolation. Isn't that, that's what they did with the Korea, you know, war, the brainwashing American soldiers, putting them in the solitary confinement. And they start with, after a while, they start hallucinating, it goes. So phase two, like bringing the Soros professional rioters, uh, busting them in the cities, right? Destroying businesses um, the, the, with a ready hood economy. I mean, and you got these terrorist groups, the Antifa and BLM uh, working together here. And I mean, who, who would, you know, drop off piles of bricks along the, the routes that they were going to, I mean, all this happened within a couple of days of this. I mean, there's so many atrocities like, they could have picked from, right? But it's so, it seems to me, it was just like, this has been like pre-planned for, for ages.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, when you look at how the rioters work, they always have somebody who breaks a window and then steps back. That lets the looting mob into it, and then they have someone prepared to burn it down. It's a three-step process for how they're attacking these stores. It's not it's not random. It, it's well-planned and well-executed. Uh, like you said about those bricks, where that when I heard that story earlier this week, that blew my mind to think that, Stacks of bricks are showing up all over the place in preparation for rioters to use. And you got to wonder where does the money train go for that?
0: Yeah, um, this seems like something out of the Nazi playbook. I mean like the night of glass right you know, playing uh, yeah.
1: the to start a war. Uh, yeah night of broken. Yeah, and I've seen pictures where they're comparing it to uh, with Kristallnacht yeah today and the, what really scared me was hearing just uh, recently where President Trump came out and talked about, Releasing the military. I mean, if if there's anything as a last resort of putting military on the ground in the United States to defend, Uh, I had to research when is the last time that's happened, the Insurrection Act. And actually, George Bush Sr. used it during the LA riots. So it has happened in our time period. But to think that we've gotten to the point now where we need the military to calm down towns because their own mayors are supportive of the rioters in their own towns that, that just stuns me. And it it's soul-crushing. My wife and I were watching the news today and she just had to get up and she said, this hurts my soul to watch.
0: It is a painful time to, to see what's going on. I, I actually did take um, time to watch the, um, the video that was broadcast, you know, supposedly started all this. And I don't really know what to make of it, I mean. The George Floyd video? Yeah, it, just, it doesn't
1: make a lot of sense on a, on a number of levels. Well, you've got the, the coroner who came out and said that it was a heart attack based on a bad heart mixed with drugs and alcohol, which he was pretty wasted when they arrested him. And then you've got George Floyd's family's private uh, autopsy who says it was suffocation. Well, how could two different doctors be come out with totally different results? It's again all this same disinformation that, that we've been fed since the beginning of this coronavirus. Master bad, master good lockdown's bad, lockdown's good, sunlight's bad, sunlight's good, uh, who can know what to believe nowadays? No wonder people are, are upset, not just obviously at a, a terrible slaying like the slaying of George uh, Floyd, but I, I, you know, anticipated that there was going to be some kind of repercussion locking people down for so long they're going to need an outlet. I just didn't expect a leftist anarchist outlet. I, I guess they were just waiting for some match and they got it with the George Floyd incident. I I mean, you look at all the things that they
0: could have picked from. I mean, I I read there was a a girl, I think it was in New York where um, the Malta police were in there and she stabbed the horse in in the neck hoping it would throw the rider and, um, you know, cause chaos. But the horse being so well-trained was like, you know, uh, just a normal soldier. Okay, got a flesh wound, keep going. Um, The horse, they broke the horse's um, nose with a, a brick. I mean, that's just so insane i mean what else could we t- i mean these people it's like there's something wrong with like brain damage the frontal lobe doesn't work properly they're, they're being yeah. dominated and you know and it's the educational system has been it's been infiltrated by a communist regime for for years now for generations um, this and here we're seeing it play out and it reminds me of the story um was um i forget who quoted it nobody said first They came for the Socialists, but I didn't speak out because I wasn't a Socialist. And they came for the Trade Unionists, and I didn't say anything because I wasn't a Trade Unionist. And then they came for the Jews. I didn't
1: speak out because I wasn't a Jew. And then they came for me, and there was nobody left to speak. Absolutely. You know, through all this, though, there have been wonderful stories. Uh, Here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, last night in Fort Worth, the chief of police came out with the police, the uh, tech team and all. And they confronted the protesters on a bridge, wouldn't let them pass the bridge into a neighborhood that would be really costly if they destroyed. And the police got down on one knee and apologized for anything that the police might have done over the years to give them a a bad name. The protesters came up and the police chief extended a hand and said, since we're all on one knee, can I pray for you? And the protesters got down on one knee and the chief and the protesters prayed to the Lord, there were hugs all around, and the chief said, if I take my TAC team away, would you all leave? And they said yes, and it was a peaceful parting, there was no protests or riots in Fort Worth last night, because a man showed godly love and gave it to the Lord, that calmed the issue. You know, We're hearing this, racism doesn't fix racism, this say well we have to destroy one race as revenge for what they possibly did in our age and certainly did in the past that doesn't fix things fire doesn't fix fire but compassion and forgiveness as the bible teaches will fix this issue but our country being post-christian i mean they don't know what to do because they don't have the bible to turn to to learn that it's compassion forgiveness that will reconcile this issue
0: These are the stories that we need to communicate. These are the accounts that need to be told. I mean, this is Jesus being crucified saying, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. These people have absolutely no clue what they're doing. Plus, they don't realize the repercussions that are happening to them. I mean, they will be arrested, they will be prosecuted, and they're throwing their lives away for um, a ridiculous cause.
1: Oh, yes, I mean, 5,500 people so far arrested for looting and rioting. And you could be sure that if they try to up their game, obviously they'll be shooting, especially if Trump puts the military out in the streets. And you know, you, you got to want to, I, I don't consider myself a conspiracy theorist, but this COVID thing was starting to relax a little. People were getting back to work. The stock market took off. And then all of a sudden, it took one thing to get everybody ignited and to put the cr- whole country into a crisis situation. It wasn't with the shooting of the jogger a week or two ago. I mean, everyone was angry, but it didn't cause riots. And now as the country was looking to get better again, and you got to wonder if this isn't a continual globalist George Soros type approach to keep conservatives, especially Donald Trump, from owning the White House and then eventually putting the Supreme Court people in. I mean, it just seems again and again, and every time we get a leg up, Something tries to kick it under. And we know from Bible prophecy that, yes, eventually the Antichrist, all the nations will come form under his his government. It will be a one world government and totalitarian restrictions, great persecution on those who get saved after the rapture. Uh, but we hope that in our time period we can be salt and light as Christians and keep that thing at bay until the Lord takes us home. Amen. I, I think there's a lot of things going on
0: behind the scenes, and a lot of this is uh, like a red herring. It's distracting the world from what's really going on. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, you know, again, I, I over the years, um, piecing things together from um, things that people have told me, is especially those within a place of uh, knowledge, um, like in the Pentagon or you know, Majesty's Secret Service kind of stuff, um, Scotland Yards and all the rest of it, um, It's almost like we've we've got this group of satanists and doing these horrendous things, you know, sacrificing children and all the rest of it, which seems so unbelievable that nobody would want to believe this is actually going on. And here's, you know, somebody like Donald Trump standing in the way.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, how dare he defend Israel? How dare he defend Christianity or, or the United States exceptionalism? To them, that's antithema against the one world, satanic government that wants to eventually rule the world and i think their problems are going to clear up quite quite readily when the rapture of the church happens there'll be nobody to stand against them there'll be chaos in the world we know that that's about the time the Gog and magog war starts russia and the islamic nations feel free to attack israel god steps in and defeats them supernaturally destroys the armies sends fire on their countries and then so you've got the mass disappearances of Christians in the West and America, but also in China. So that puts China behind the eight ball and that leads to what Europe and Europe stands as the country that I believe the antichrist will come from based on Daniel nine, And uh, so he steps forward as a peacemaker and says, I will bring peace to all this chaos, but we must have a totalitarian one world uh, rule and a one world religion. And that's what the Bible prophesies. And that's what we're heading towards. So, we're, we're in the right place at the right time, like you said. It's a terrible time to live, but an exciting time because we, we can actually see the Bible confirmed again and again and again as prophecies start becoming filled, or fulfilled and the, the nebulousness of prophecy uh, clears up as all the, the pieces start coming together. So it's a, definitely a dire time to live in, but it's also a wonderful time because we know that Jesus Christ is coming soon.
0: Amen. I, I couldn't have said it better. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, and, and that's the thing is we just want to get as many people into the kingdom of god as possible and absolutely and when we hear somebody you know we you know like you, the mainstream news you go into the grocery store or wherever you go we're hearing um you know please keep your social distancing right you know but of course they, they threw that out the window with all the writing now yeah. <laughs> but I, mean, I think many christians have erroneously believe today that um We should simply practice our faith inside the church building, providing, you know, that they're essential to to be opened up again and stay clear of any form of politics. Well, where in the world is that written in the Holy Scriptures? Sorry to bust anybody's protective bubble tonight, but um, clearly, you know, politics is a part of every true believer's life. And I mean, the Lord Jesus himself made political statements. For example, when he said to the Pharisees, uh, you go tell that fox king herod a message you give him a message for me right um calling herod a fox was insulting a fox was considered a, a, a sly and cunning unclean animal by the israelites holiness codes back then um oh, again sure. and again
1: the lord sent the prophets to call out the government and the leaders the kings of their time period to call the people to repentance I don't believe the gift of prophecy today is actually new foretelling, but it's certainly the forth telling that the prophets had to call a nation back to faith in God. And and so, yeah, absolutely. Christians, it always boggles me when I get Christians who write into our ministry, Lamb and Lion Ministries, and they'll watch our TV show, Christ and Prophecy, and they'll be upset if we make any kind of political statements, as if that has to be divorced From Christianity, but aren't all Christians called to be salt and light in this world? And everything, as I get older, I realize everything is imbued with politics, right? I mean, even from picking out the church choir robes to the hymns or songs of the day, you name it, there's politics involved. And as Christians, we can't say, well, we just need to divorce ourselves from politics because the Lord wants us to hold back evil. And especially in this time, it's a lot of people praying on their knees and doing what Daniel did in Daniel 9, where we, the church, repent of our sins first as an example to the world in the hopes that the Lord will forgive us and restore us back to him. That's what Daniel did, the most righteous man in the Bible. Jesus even listed him as one of the two most righteous men in the Bible, and yet Daniel prayed and asked for forgiveness of this, his sins and the sins of his people. And we as Christians uh, should follow that example, I believe. I've been trying myself.
0: We do need to follow that example as, you know, follow after the Lord Jesus. Um, I mean, if if you're watching this right now and you're a true believer or you're not a true believer, let's consider, you know, what's going on here. Everything in a free society has been affected by those, you know, that that have been elected um, for us and to do for us right, Uh, things uh, in in this legalized world. And um, I don't think there's any place in the scriptures where the Lord said, just sit back. Uh, you know, avoid anything to do with politics and just whilst we wait for the rapture to happen. Well, is that?
1: That's not there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, government exists to do the will of the Lord. That's why the Lord said in Romans that we are to respect and give to Caesar what is Caesar. But if they're not doing what the Lord wants, if they're not exec- executing their will, but they're doing uh, a will against the Lord, then yeah, Christians are supposed to stand up. Uh, just like uh, Peter and James and John, and, and when they were pulled before the Sanhedrin, and they ordered them to stop talking about Jesus. And they said, We've got to preach what the Lord has told us. He is above you. And the same thing, our founding fathers in the United States rebelled against England, sorry, and uh, we rebelled against that nation because we believed that the King of England, King George, was not following what the Lord had said about executing his righteousness, uh, justice, and judgment upon the people that were subject to him. And they broke free. And uh, it's a A biblical mandate, I would say, that Christians are involved in making sure that their government stays accountable. How much more a government like here in the United States that's built its foundation on biblical principles and values and claims that our motto is one nation under God. I mean, that's what we say, our motto is ever since the 50s. And we have certainly not acted like it. And we expect that the Lord is, uh, our founder, Dr. Reagan loves to say that we picture God is sitting in heaven with an on his throne with an american flag draped around him and it'll never do us any harm but jesus prophesied that the temple would fall and the jews couldn't understand that they're like well god lives in the temple why would he allow israel to be destroyed same thing his presence left the temple long before that there was no reason to keep it going anymore why do we think that the united states will exist forever we will only exist and be blessed if we're one nation under god well i recall when this started you know of saying to the so
0: church government fellowship is like, um, you know, it's like the Lord's going, You guys want to worship sports stars and rock stars and TV personalities. Well, I'm just going to
1: push all that aside. Did you hear the Hulk Hogan, the wrestler? Uh, did you? I'm sure you read it. You posted so many wonderful things on your Facebook page. Uh, very encouraging messages. Uh, one of the articles I read was by the former wrestler Hulk Hogan, who came out and he compared what COVID did to American society to what God did to the Egyptian gods. Uh, People are surprised to learn that that the 10 plagues against Egypt were actually plagues against different gods that they worshiped. So God undercut one God after another, after another of the Egyptians in those plagues. Well, we today, Hulk Hogan compared it. The gods of entertainment, destroyed. They're not producing anything, no movies. The God of money, the stock market's collapsing. The God of sports, uh, here in Texas, I mean, you you hear more about sports than you do about Christianity for the Bible buckle of the, uh, what do they call it? The belt buckle of the Bible belt. Bible belt. uh, Yes. And I'm sure you think Georgia is too, but it's just again and again and again. We are, he pointed out to the gods of our society and they've been silenced and we were supposed to use this time. I believe that the Lord wanted us to stop and reflect and count on what was important, especially churches. You know, it's, it's not about the buildings or the next building fund or the next building project. The church is the people, and the, I think as a church we learn that. Uh, but now we've got this new crisis, one on top of another, and uh, I just I feel like the society didn't learn the lesson because God's now putting the screws on us even harder.
0: Look at the ridiculous, you know, inconsistencies with you know, you have to shut down churches, and and if we reopen them, you can't sing. No, no, you know, wait, wait a minute, what, what's with that? So, but you can sing in Walmart if you want.
1: Yeah. (laughs) My son works at Home Depot. There's a million people in there, all without masks, crowded together, buying stuff. The churches have to be a hundred people or less. Yeah, You're right. No singing? Oh, that must be agony for you. So it's kind of like, (laughs)
0: it's kind of like um, the enemies planned this thing out, right? Um, They will get everybody wearing a mask and then criminals could, you know, just go undetected, right? Because now everybody's
1: wearing a mask. We emptied we emptied the prisons out, and then we started throwing in the the barbers and the bakers and the store owners for disobeying uh, and opening their stores early. Now, praise the Lord here in Texas, Governor Abbott is is a strong Christian. Uh, He's, along with your state, has allowed uh, things to open a lot faster. I think here in Texas, we were willing to go along with it for a certain amount of time. And when we were stopped being willing to go along with it, he opened things up again. But there's still a spirit of fear and the spirit of timidity, as the Bible would say. Uh, our movie theaters aren't open. Uh, lots of stores aren't. My wife loves Yankee Candle. They're not open yet. There's a lot of places that aren't meeting because they're still scared, even though they can meet if they want to. Our church started meeting last week, but of the 500 people, only 200 people showed up. So until we get past this fear and and frightfulness, uh, I don't think our society is going to progress. And I don't know what, if you think about this, I uh, think this might be a cause of a lot of this anger and rioting, but could it be that we have millions and millions of people out of work sitting around with too much time on their hands? I, I don't know. Or that this is a reaction to the fear that's been building and that we constantly hear from the media?
0: Well, it, it is a spirit of fear which God did not give us, uh, 731, 7. And and so it merges with your thought life as if it was your very own thoughts. And when, when you're watching, you know, they're this, this spewing all day after day you know, 24 hours a day, all this beautiful stuff showing these beautiful videos. I mean, like, you know, you go back and you look at, it, it was like kids, you know, like 18 year old kids fighting at D-Day, right? And, and now they're they're hiding from an invisible virus that um, hardly anybody with 90, way high in the 90s that everybody would recover from, right? So I mean, yeah. it's just, again, it's this big scandemic. And I think the fact that, uh, shutting down the churches because this is a spiritual battle that we're in. And so the enemy is going like, well, you know, we stopped the church from meeting and they won't pray together. They won't be worshiping together. Well, you can't turn the church down because it's not a building. That's what they don't understand. Absolutely. And, you know, a true Christians are going to worship no matter where we are. I know we're coming down to the breaks, but um, when you were speaking before, reminded me um, besides the madness of King George, we had uh, this wonderful, godly Brit uh, William Booth, you know, started the Salvation Army. And he wrote a letter, um, and i used this in conferences, you know, where he it was quoted as saying the chief danger that confronts the, the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, um, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, heaven without hell. I mean, you talk about prophecy. There it
1: is. I mean, <laughs> so it, it um, sounds a very much like that mystery Babylon religion yeah. that revelation teaches, doesn't it? A form of godliness, but without the power. And um, right. Yes, and I got yeah. a friend of mine. He grew up, he was a Baptist. He became a universalist, which blew my mind. And it's such an empty religion when you, it's whatever goes for him. And unfortunately he became a chaplain in the military. I so said, what hope do you give people? You don't believe in anything. And he got all mad, obviously, we don't talk anymore. But, uh, you know, what kind of religion is that? It's a make you up up as you go religion. It gives you no hope, no faith, no future. It's just live your best now, kind of a Joel Osteen type teaching. Well, it's kind of that, you know, the, the verse of
0: the scripture that says, you know, many are called, few are chosen because you won't be a doer of the word. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a doer of the word, you're deceiving your own self. I suppose we should go to a break, but again, you know, just think about it. Ephesians 6 tells us, you know, take the whole arm of the God and then you've got to withstand the evil day. Having done all stand, we're preparing for the next battle. This is a spiritual battle. So hang on and we're going to go to our commercial break and I hope we get to talk to you about some naturally craveables because, you know, I've done all these conferences about addictions and stuff and I think I have to admit I'm almost addicted now. I, I can stop at any time, but these things are incredible.
2: It must be naturally it's got to be nothing else could satisfy me. Ooh, Ooh, welcome
0: back on the uh, Nathan and I were just talking about all sorts of things, but let's go right to the Thessalonians. Um, in, in chapter four, it, it tells us, but I would not have you be ignorant, right? A lot of people today are simply ignorant of what's really going on. And, and it talks about, um, you know, well, let me just read it. But I, I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, considering them which are asleep, that means they died already. It's sorrow, not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. And for this we say unto you by his word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, on the coming the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord shall, himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. I say it with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which were alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words." We're here to comfort people tonight. Um, Nathan, how, how we can get this idea across, I mean, the, you know, there's supernatural things all the way through the scriptures and there's, there's so much more to what's going on here, there's multiple dimensions and and things, and and yet people are just so, you know, stuck on this one plane here at the moment, and we've (laughs) got to get the, you
1: know, get a heavenly perspective here. Well, I think the the first way to do that is, obviously, we're constantly bombarded with bad news and terrible stories. I saw a man get beat to death on the news today uh, by rioters. I mean, that stuff, you know, really pulls you down, but... The Lord wants us to remember the blessings we have. I mean, when you think of how rough this century is, 100 years ago, the average person barely made it to 40 before they die of some disease. There was no vaccines or uh, uh, penicillin. I mean, think of how much the lifespans now are up in the 70s. We have more materialist goods than we could ever have. We're not worrying about starving to death or freezing to death or any of the other to deaths. We have it really, really well. We can still, so far, uh, worship the Lord in peace and without any kind of restriction here in the United States. Uh, We're really, really blessed, and I think that's one thing we have to keep remembering that the Lord has poured out his blessings on we here in the West, especially in the United States, and we need to thank the Lord for it. But we as Christians also have to look forward to the future, and the passage you just read is one of three major passages along with 1 Corinthians 15 about the rapture of the church. The Lord has promised Christians that, especially let say in Revelation 3.10, that he will take us from this world before his wrath falls upon the world. Now, we're certainly living in a time period where the 10 signs that Jesus gave us in Luke 21 and Matthew 24 increase in nations and false prophets, uh, nations fighting against nations, ethnos against ethnos, ethnicity. Uh, We've got uh, false prophets, false teachers, natural disasters, signs in the sky, fearful social events and economic events, Israel being the focus of things, all these things the Lord told us would happen. And the disasters would happen in frequency, more frequently and more intensely the closer we got to his return. Now, I don't know about you, but we can't keep up now with the signs of the times, right? You're you're online all the time and I'm online all the time and we're trying to create uh, biblical teachings, but as soon as we get it written, another disaster happens and we're having to run over to the next subject. And so we can keep up with it. And so the but the Lord said that would happen and they would lead up to the rapture of the church, as first Thessalonians four seventeen says, to be caught up, to be taken up to heaven that The world will eventually fall under God's wrath as it did during the flood. But Christians are promised in 1 Thessalonians 1.10 and 5.9 and Revelation 3.10 and other passages that we are not subject to the tribulation. So as bad as it is now, it's going to get far, far worse. But Christians are not meant for that time period. We have tribulations, little t today, but the capital T, the tribulation, Daniel's 70th week, that's not meant for Christians. And that's how, at the end of that passage, that Paul can say, therefore comfort one another with these words. In other words, you know, if we had to survive seven years of 21 plagues that destroy the world and decimate it and and live it under an antichrist and everybody having their heads chopped off if they don't believe in him and follow him and take his mark and economic repression and natural disasters and, and demons coming up from the Euphrates and and destroying much of the world. I mean, horrible, horrible, unimaginable things the Bible prophesies. Now, if the rapture happened after the tribulation, how could we comfort each other with these words? There's no comfort in that. The comfort comes that the Lord always rescues his people before he pours his wrath out. He's done it all the way through the scriptures. I mean, there's one
0: example up even with Noah, right, the ark.
1: Yes, Noah was taken out of the deluge, and he was protected. Obviously, we needed people to repopulate the earth, so he stayed here. But you can see Enoch, you can see Elijah, you can see Rahab. Again and again, the Lord has shown that he removes his faithful people before he pours out his own wrath. Now, certainly, we live under a time of the wrath of Satan and the wrath of man. But all 21 judgments of the tribulation, this way very much differ with those who try to place the rapture of the church in the middle or at the end of the tribulation. Because... The all 21 judgments come from the throne of God, and therefore all of them are God's judgments, and we are promised not to have to endure God's wrath upon the earth.
0: Amen. Um, one thing that comes to mind is Daniel uh, 3, where Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. I mean, oh, absolutely. Here's these guys getting thrown into a fire, it's so hot the people are trying to throw them in die. And, and because they simply wouldn't bow down to the Antichrist beast system that was going on at the time. And it was phenomenal. Instead of seeing three guys in there, there's four. And the King Nebuchadnezzar changed history, so you know, come back out and their hair wasn't singed. They didn't smell like smoke. I mean, it was phenomenal. The Lord will take care of his own. So even in a nuclear blast, I mean, God's gonna preserve his people. There's always gonna be that remnant
1: church. And even if we were to die before the rapture of the church, where do we go? We are immediately ushered into the presence of of Jesus by his angels. So no matter what happens to Christians, I I hear all the time about, well, what about the babies that are dying, especially in the What are we up to 61 million babies aborted aborted in the United States? I mean, it's just uh, the blood on our hands. No wonder we're being judged. But where do those babies go? They go right in the presence of the Lord. Where are these people dying in the streets uh, that are saved, they're going to presence of the Lord. If we have to dive in my my own, I have a really close relative who has uh, cancer right now, and uh, he's stage four, and and he will likely not make it. He will end up leaving a wife and three teenage daughters behind. Uh, What is his future? He believes in Jesus Christ as a Savior. He will be with the Lord Jesus Christ forever. We think of uh, Ravi Zacharias, uh, having died recently a great great apologist and defender of the faith but why mourn his death his passing because we know he is now with his maker jesus christ so there is a lot for christians to be hopeful for
0: there is um, um as you're saying that i'd like to offer a little bit more help on it and um i, I have seen people in stage four cancer patients totally healed so because anything you know i'm hoping i'm hoping do, um, Sometimes there's some areas, you know, like um, with cancer patients especially, I I find sometimes they're entertaining a spirit of bitterness in some level and um, we'll get them to understand that, recognize it, repent of that. And a lot of times the Lord's stepped in and does something phenomenal. And so, I mean, there's a lot to this. I wrote pretty extensively about that in my book, What Was I Thinking? But I I do want to get to this. well, we still have some time left in this program you wrote this incredible amazing book the mighty angels of revelation and we're talking about prophecy people need to get a copy of this understand what's really going on here so um maybe you can give us a, a little bit of a insight into something here um whatever you give us a glimpse of what's going on I mean, you
1: you've, you've covered so much stuff in here so I well, you know, well I tried to teach two different things with the mighty angels of revelation. I, I taught angelology and read the book of revelation is the best place to learn about angels or 72 angels or groups of angels portrayed in the book of revelation. Uh, revelation is an unveiling. So it's like the Lord pulls back the veil and we can see the spiritual warfare that's going on in the background. I mean, we're kind of seeing it now, especially with the great evil that's going on. Well, that's not all human. Obviously that's, Satan's forces fighting against the Lord's forces. Well, Revelation pulls that back; it unveils it, and that's why Revelation one three promises a blessing to those who read the Book of Revelation and take it to heart, because it is God telling us that yeah, there is a spiritual war going on. Things look terrible; it's going to get really bad, but as it gets so dark before the dawn, Jesus Christ will return with His church. He will defeat satan the antichrist and false prophet with just a word he will destroy the enemies and he will set up his thousand-year kingdom of peace righteousness and justice for pastors who neglect the book of revelation they're missing the the capstone book of the entire book of revelation it it reveals that jesus wins and when jesus wins we win as well and that's the message i wanted to get in the mighty angels of revelation for people to understand that the lord has already won our history today is God telling a story that's already passed from his perspective. We know we win because Jesus Christ wins and his followers win. Someday we will have rule and reign with the Lord. Pastor, your your hair is angelic. I know someday that we'll, I'll have hair like you and we'll all be sporting wonderful hair and, and we'll just look amazing. We'll have our white robes and new names that the Bible promises. And we'll have the judgment of the just where the Lord will... Give the rewards for those who, in faith, allow the Holy Spirit to work through them. Uh, we have a great feast called the Wedding Supper of the Lamb, where we will celebrate being reunited with Jesus Christ. And we will be on the front row, see Jesus return and just defeat his enemies. So, yes, the book of Revelation is, is fascinating because it's our it's the victory story. So, no matter how bad things get, I think people need to read Revelation. They avoid it because they say, well, it's got all the tribulation, uh, well who's hurt who's losing in the tribulation it's satan the, the antichrist it's their final death throes before jesus christ returns revelation is a book of hope it is and, and
0: you've done it so exquisitely i mean you even talk about the political system praise the lord praise the lord no um it's a fantastic book couldn't say enough good things about it so have my book margaret here Check it
1: <laughs> well thank you yeah uh, it's airing on uh, prophecy watchers for those who'd like to watch gary stearman it's on his television program this week and also on our television show. We're doing a, a half-hour show on Christ and Prophecy about it, too. So the Lord's getting out there. It's a real blessing. In my last book, uh, 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets, where you can learn the faith lessons that the minor prophets learned, uh, that's been uh, getting out there, too. Bible studies are using it and being blessed by it. So I just praise the Lord. I, I just finished a chapter for Terry James's next book, Deniers. He's got a three—it's Deceivers— Uh, deniers and uh, discerners, and those three books are about uh, understanding what's going on in the world today, the spiritual battles going on. That'll come out in the fall if we're still here, Lord willing. And so hopefully, uh, the Lord is using all these books and resources to help people grow in their faith of Jesus Christ and the relationship with him. You know, when when you connect it with the Lord,
0: and you realize, you know, you, you become fearless, because there's nothing to fear I mean, yeah. what's the first thing that can happen? You die and you go be with the Lord Jesus, the day of resurrection, you get a glorified body, and then we're all coming back here and flying white horses, following the Lord Jesus. It's gonna be amazing.
1: Oh, it's amazing. I, my son, when he was got to be a senior in high school, he's always wanted to join the Coast Guard Academy. And he's going to college now before he, he goes, but he was real scared for a while. And my wife gave him some advice. She says, do you realize as a Christian, that you have a day that the Lord has made for you to go home and be with him. Until then, you are invincible. And I tell you, the spirit of fear left him, and he now is just fearless about going into the military. He wants to rescue people and help people like the Coast Guard does, and uh, I'm very proud of him for that. But it's true. As Christians, we're here until the Lord takes us. It doesn't matter. I I think of George Washington when he was in the Revolutionary War, and after one of the battles, found. Four bullet holes through his clothes, but not a bullet in him. I mean, the Lord made him totally undefeatable until his time came. I, I mean, his time true. came by being bled to death by his own doctors. That's weird, but uh, yeah. yeah, we are invincible until our time period. I do remember reading that he was writing, and
0: the, the uh, First Nations people, the Indians, were like, wow, this guy's, you know, like the miracle guy, he had all these bullet holes, but none of them touched him.
1: Yeah, I mean the Lord had a purpose for him, and the Lord has a purpose for each and every one of us, and we are invincible until that time period for us to pass. Now it might be uncomfortable; it might be living like, uh, like a Paul, for instance, in prison the rest of our lives. You know, uh, uh, but then Pilgrim's Progress was written in prison, so you never know what the Lord can do from in prison, right? Well,
0: this life is like a vapor. You know, we're here for a short time, but then we have eternity. We can't even wrap our minds around how long that actually is because it goes on forever.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder how much we'll even remember. I, I look at the, is it um, Isaiah, is it uh, chapter 64, 65, where it talks about how uh, we won't remember the things of this earth. I I think a lot of the sadness, the sorrows, the sin will be forgotten. I mean, we'll know who we are, we'll know who family is, but as the thousands to the tens of thousands to the millions of years go by if there are years in heaven or on the new earth you know will this world matter all that will matter is did we serve the lord did we store up our treasures in heaven did we bring people to jesus christ that's our calling and and we can hide in our houses and live in fear or we can use the tools we have like this to get online and share the gospel and lead people to christ and help those in need Uh, the church should be mobilized now instead of being scared of all that's going on out there we should be empowered to go out by the power of the Holy Spirit, the most powerful force in the entire universe. God himself empowers his church to go out and share the gospel. We should feel energized.
0: We should. Um, we're supposed to overcome evil with good. Just as, as the beginning of the program, we shared that wonderful story. Although the uh, government official knelt down and I mean, that was an
1: ex- display of gobby love, just loving people, you know, we're supposed to love our enemies. I, uh, during the break, I was reading a post, uh, George W. Bush finally weighed in on all the chaos that's going on. And he waxed long and hard about racism and inequality and stuff like that. And as a Christian, I was a little surprised. He never got to the point, which I was expecting, is that the only thing that will bring reconciliation and end to racism and end to violence is forgiveness, love and forgiveness. And if we can't have Christ's love, which teaches us how to forgive, then it'll be an endless cycle until the Lord returns. And that's the message we need to be sharing, I believe, with, with this country, is that, that that is the only solution to our problems, a return to Jesus Christ, a repentance of our sins, to know Christ's forgiveness so that we can forgive others. And then from there, show the Lord's compassion. What a church, what a nation we would be if we just follow Jesus' example,
0: I mean, it's still for today if my people called by my name but humble themselves. Oh and yes, he would heal the land. I mean, right now, I mean, it, you know, it doesn't make any sense what, what's been going on with this this whole mess right now. When you know, looking at it, and you know, like churches have closed down, the Walmart's are staying open, Home Depot's are staying open. As you mentioned, the abortion clinics and the marijuana shops was. They were allowed to be open. They were essential, apparently. Uh, the Trump rallies were, were shut down. Um, it, it kind of rem- remembers like scientists, right? The scientists in the 1930s through the 50s, they were paid scientists to tell you that cigarettes were healthy for you. Yeah, they, they, they would get these doctors on these, these adverts and they would, you know, I mean, and, and to this day, I mean, they, the, you know the political interest when the huge profit cigarettes are still you know available to people right they never shut that down so mm-hmm. I mean, this is like a this corona circus you know it's like uh without it doesn't even make sense you know, like you know stay home don't ask any questions wear a mask don't wear a mask we're all in this together we keep hearing that it, we're all in this together super you know i hear the loudspeaker keep your social distance we're all in this together Maybe we're not in this together. Maybe just those that
1: orchestrate this pandemic are in it together. Have you noticed that as the riots continue, you've got really crazy mayors and, and, and leaders of government coming out upset, not about the rioting, but that the rioters aren't practicing social distancing. <laughs> I mean, have we lost our marbles? I mean, really.
0: Well, you know, instead of fearing the future, now, when you fear, and I've, I've taught extensively on this for years and stuff with the epigenetics and all, you're compromising your immune system. I mean, God gave you an immune system so you can deal with things like viruses and, you know, all that going on. Um, so keeping your joy, keeping your spiritual eyes on Christ, staying, you know, in the supernatural. This is why Peter was able to walk on water when he kept his eyes on the Lord Jesus. Absolutely, absolutely. Just,
1: uh, this. It's, you know, this is the time. Right, absolutely. I, and you wonder, too, if this wasn't a test run to see how far Americans would be willing to give up their freedoms. Uh, I mean, clearly, we did it willingly before a bigger cause. But, you know, if we got, say, another Obama administration or a Hillary Clinton administration or something awful that would lock down, obviously, we wouldn't sit back. and but you know, again, there's that spirit of fear that the church should not have, but that many do, and and again, it, it falls under Bible prophecy. The church will wane as Israel continues to rise in prominence. Uh, the church will eventually be taken, and then God will focus all the history on Israel. Uh, the Lord prophesied in Revelation 3 that the final phase of, of the church would be the church of Laodicea, a lukewarm, apathetic church, and boy, don't we have that today, especially in the West. I I mean, maybe not in China where Christians are dying for their beliefs or North Korea, but, uh, or especially Nigeria, Uh, but it's, it's a sad final phase of something that's been glorious for 2000 years, but the Lord's about done with and ready to move on to his kingdom. We just have to get through that seven year tribulation phase, not us as Christians, but the world needs to go through that transition time where then the Lord puts Israel as those who are saved out of Israel, the remnant in charge as the priestly people during the millennial kingdom. And we as Christians will rule and reign over those who enter into the millennial kingdom in their earthly bodies, those tribulation saints, those who get saved during the tribulation and the Lord will repopulate the world again. And some estimate with the lifespans returning to a thousand years and the curse partially lifted, that there could be 20 billion people by the time we get to the end of the millennial kingdom living on this earth and bounty who knows even more. And so there are wonderful, wonderful days ahead, but, uh, I always think about if you stay up late at night and you can't sleep and it's five in the morning and it's so dark outside, but that's the time where then the sunlight starts coming out and then it starts getting a little light and the sunlight peeks through. And brother, I think we're at that five o'clock period at night. It's darkest before the dawn and we are entering into that time period.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, brilliant the way you've just described it. I mean, for anybody that's still got a heavy heart, I just pray right now that you just cheer you up and rejoice again and just receive the, the supernatural embrace of the Lord Jesus because it's, he offers supernatural peace, not like the world gives, but his peace. And when you do that, your heart releases all those good molecules like ANF, which is, you know, it's like they're healing molecules. And then your, your kidneys, you know, when you're stressing out, how's this gonna work? How's it gonna happen? What's gonna happen in the exile, the fear in the future, then your, your kidneys release stress hormones Hmm. And that just activates whatever issues you've got. So but when you take your peace and go, you know, I don't have to lean on my own understanding. I I trust, just like a good, you know, earthly father, you know, I trust my dad. He's going to take care of me. And then your kidneys release a chemical called DHEA, which is very, very good. It's like the molecules of joy. So now we've got peace and joy in the Holy Spirit.
1: Wow. My favorite verse, uh, when I was writing the 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets, I sign all my books with this: is Habakkuk 2:4. It's actually 2:4b. The just shall live by faith. Uh, now is a time period for Christians to to stop bickering about everything and looking to expand the size of their buildings, or to be not focused on evangelism anymore, but uh, but empire building. Uh, you know, the post-millennial view that will take over the world and hand the keys to the church over to Jesus. Nonsense like that. We we're so got it wrong. Our our pastor this weekend. On our first service back in church just gave a powerful message about how the church we have at least in our area here we're one of the fastest growing areas in the country but our attendance and everything is plateaued we're doing something wrong and this is a wake-up call the lord is not just shaking the earth he's shaking the church and he's saying wake up get your priorities straight return to me and i will empower you and i hope that there's a point a spirit of the church of philadelphia a church that the lord loved because even though it was poor, it was passionate for his things. That's what I'd like to see the church at least rally to before their Holy Spirit returns and takes us up to heaven.
0: Amen. I've i, I not seen, ears not heard, not just entered in the house of man the things God's got prepared for those who love him. Oh, yeah. He loved us first. So, I mean, this is really, you know, and think about it. You, 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 can't, you can't earn your way into salvation. there's another misconception people got, you know, There's nothing you can do to earn salvation. It's it's by his grace. He paid the price for you. He's he's paid your mission. You just need to accept it. Mm -hmm. Pray right now. We just thank you, Father God, for um, anybody right now that just needs to make the peace with you. Just pray with me. We just say, Father God in heaven, we come right now in the all-powerful name of Jesus Christ and Nazareth, Messiah Yeshua, and we confess and we admit that we've been scared and we about the future. We, we haven't been doing things right. We've done sins. We know there were sins. We did them anyways. And we recognize it now, Lord. We want to make it right with you and ask for your forgiveness. We want to receive your forgiveness right now for all the things we've done wrong and ask that you'd fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, you said, if we would confess with our mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that you raise raised him from the dead, we'd be saved. And we do that right here, right now. In the almighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Father God, for saving us. Amen and hallelujah. And I pray too, Lord, if anybody is suffering with any kind of disease, uh, whatever it is, that these are holy temples after we surrender them to you. And so we just command all those unclean things to go, whatever they are. And we ask for creative miracles that, Healing virtue be released even now as we're still praying. And you just heal them all from the crown of their heads and the soles of their feet. And thank you for keeping your church, your people safe and protected always. In the almighty name of Jesus.
1: Amen. Amen. Nathan, why are you out of prayer to that? Wow. There's a lot to pray about. I, I like to think of our first responders who are out there, all the police force. Uh, my son wants to be in law enforcement. Uh, my father-in-law is a retired police officer. Uh, I have friends who are police officers. You know, they're not all like this guy who killed George Floyd. There, there are a few and far between. There are a lot of good police officers out there. So I would pray that all our, our, our first responders, I have friends, uh, co-workers even, whose children are in national guard and they're being called up Uh, we're thinking the military being called up especially if if anything starts up with china i mean we got to think of our our people there who who, we have this freedom because they defend us so uh if i if i could make a prayer request it would be that the lord would give them safety and peace and that we wouldn't have any more of these these guys who are are abusing their power but the lord would use it uh use these to, to to weed that out and to Again, there's always going to be fallen human in any job, but I just pray for our first responders.
0: I join you in that prayer in the almighty name of Jesus. Thank you for divinely protecting them, Lord. And um, also pray for Nathan's um, relative that's been suffering with uh, stage four cancer. Lord, you can do anything. We just ask for your mercy and your grace here that you'd heal this man in Jesus' almighty name. And anybody else that's suffering like that, them, Father God, in Jesus name. Amen. We shall, you, we shall see you here, there, or in the air, and I'm um, not worrying. worry, Nathan will be back with us hopefully next month, uh, a few weeks after the Look forward to our next uh, encounter. God bless.
2: You say the white hats are leaving you brilliant clues and how they Plan the train to swap for you. Oh, I pray it be so. Just like the roaring 20s, there was plenty of money until it all but disappeared from sight. Will Christ come back a thief in the night tonight? You say the globalists are into depopulation. They released a virus to take down my generation. With spirit cooking and 5G. The scoffers laughing in our face Controlled by neural lace Until it all but disappear from sight Will grace come like a thief in the night? Tonight And darkness ever bright You say this is the end of time And cosmic wedding bells begin to chime Oh, I pray it be so Just like the Roaring Twenties There was plenty of money Until it all but disappeared from sight Will Christ come like a thief in the night tonight? Will Christ come like a thief in the night tonight? Will Christ come back a deep in the night tonight Will Christ come back a deep in the night tonight Will Christ come back a deep in the night tonight